Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you're blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church or its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to connect.redchurch.org.au. Hey, Red Church. As Liddy shared, things are a little bit different this week. It's great to be filming at home again, although a little odd getting my tripod out. It feels like it's been such a long time since I did this and almost felt like stepping back in time in a way, which made me think about all the lockdowns we've had and how this one kind of feels a bit different. Still a little bit unknown, let's be honest. There's a lot of similarities, curfews, no playgrounds, all the joys of that. But what I mean is there's a sense in which, you know what, we know how to do this. We've been here before. And I think what changed for me as I was reflecting was maybe we're actually stronger than we realize. That it doesn't have to feel like we're never going to get through this because we've done it before. And this too will pass. It is only momentary. But we thought it would be great while we are at home and we can't see one another on a Sunday. We can't hear stories of what God's doing and understand and, and see that identity as the church made visible on a Sunday. Let's talk about it instead. Let's share stories of what's happening in our people, through mission, through discipleship, in our families, and even just in Sunday worship. Where is God moving and how is he leading us in this time? Because although we are stuck at home, God is not stuck. He is still leading us and speaking to us and drawing us out. And so that's what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. But for now, I'm going to start by looking at Acts and exploring what it means to find God in the everyday, how we represent the church, whether we're a gathering of 50, 5, 2, or 1. So let's jump in and have a look at that. I'm going to read from Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The Psalms are such a powerful book. And I love in this passage that it talks about our hearts yearning and desiring to be with God. That is so much of what Sundays represent, that opportunity to dwell in his home, in his house, in his presence. And I love that Jesus reminds us that when two or more are gathered, there he is. There is a promise that God wants to be present with us, that Jesus also said and declared that. And so what does it look like for us to create those spaces on a Sunday? Whether that be with your family or just a couple of you, housemates, friends, maybe even over the phone with someone. There's opportunity to follow and listen to those desires to want to be in God's presence. You know, for me, I have recently so wanted to worship in a room full of people, to hear other people's voices praising God. So much so that I found a worship song that was recorded in a room full of people doing just that. Put my headphones on and just went for it in this very lounge room. Goodness knows what the neighbors thought. But do you know how enriching that was for my Sunday? 
how much that has ignited my faith for this week. It's been really significant. So what does it look like for us to turn up on a Sunday and ask the question of God, what does my faith need today? Where are you and how can I step into that and and create that? Even though we can't gather as the church in that bigger sense, there are still many things that we get to participate in that represent the body of Christ, the church. If you look at Acts 2, there were four things that made them the church and they're still the same today. They are focusing on the word of God. They read it aloud. They prayed it. They sat in it. Secondly, it's doing life alongside others. It talks about how much they shared their life with others. Thirdly, breaking of prayer and participating in communion. Fourth, worship and prayer. Those are still four key things that we can do on a Sunday to participate in this thing we call faith. Maybe the desire for you isn't there. As I shared my story, maybe that's not been the case and maybe things are really tough. Do you know what? That's okay. Sometimes our faith is actually best represented by just turning up and placing yourself before God. You know, in this time, so much of life is passive. We are watching things online. We are engaging in work online. Unfortunately, to connect with some family and friends, it has to be via our phones. So what would it look like on a Sunday to change that? To actually embody our faith. Whether the desire is there or not, or whether it feels like this profound moment, what about actually just spending time taking communion, letting that be the focus for your Sunday? Holding those elements, participating in it, doing a physical act that speaks of your confidence and trust in who God is. Our Sundays are meant to be a Sabbath. That time set apart to be with God, to remember to rest. And do you know what else? It's that reminder of the bigger narrative. The Psalms speak of who God is. I love reading that one at the start. That reminder that he created the heavens and the earth and that he still holds all things. We need to be reminded of that bigger narrative. Because goodness me, the narrative of the moment right now is so loud and it feels endless. As we hear about different numbers, case numbers, vaccinations, plans of roadmaps, you know, lockdowns. What would it look like to quiet that down and to choose the bigger narrative, God's narrative, to be the one that anchors our life? That's what Sundays are designed to do. To come together, whether we get to do that in person or not, and be reminded of the bigger story. Not only that, Sundays are an opportunity to remember that we are not owners of things. The things that we have around us, our relationships, our homes, the opportunities that we're given, You're all gifts that actually, when it comes to it, we're designed to be stewards, stewards of what God gives us. And do you know what? Our worlds might be a little bit small right now. Maybe what you've been given is simply the family you find yourself in, perhaps literally the neighbors either side of you. Maybe it's your workplace, even though that's only engaging in a digital way. What has God given you to steward in this time? And what does that look like to keep your faith alive and to steward that well? How can you recognize what he's inviting you into, the spaces he's called you to steward? How can we be attuned to that? I was speaking to someone this week who gave me a really beautiful analogy of this. That just as you plant a plant outside and you want to take care of it, 
when the seasons change, what you need to give that plant changes. Whether that's more water, whether it's creating shade, fertilizer, trimming it and pruning it. So it is with our faith. In this season, what does your faith need right now? When you reach a Sunday, what are you desiring? Or what's going to breathe upon your faith and create that space for God to speak into you again, to go out into a week? Maybe it is sitting in the Word. You need a different perspective for that to shift. Listening to a podcast, listening to scripture. Maybe it's doing life alongside others. As I said, we're not meant to do faith alone. And so what would it look like to actually share what's going on with someone? Or even create space for someone else to do that? That's significant and really valuable in this time. Third was breaking bread. As I said, what could it look like to embody your faith and to spend your Sunday sitting with the elements of communion and taking it as an act of worship? Or finally, maybe what your faith needs in this time is not more knowledge, but actually just opportunity to worship God in abandon, to pray and not have to work out what to say, but just declare words of God's greatness and goodness, to get lost in that, whether you feel like you can hit those notes and worship or not. As we continue to do Sundays online in our different homes, let's ask the question of actually what's going to bring us most life and ignite our faith and place ourselves there whether that's with your family, with your housemates, calling up a friend to pray and doing it alongside others. Because we can still be the church. This is what makes us the body of Christ. I want to finish by reading verse 6 from Psalm 84. It says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools, and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. As we choose to continue to engage in these practices, these Sabbath elements of sitting with God in his word, those four things that make us the church, even though we might find ourselves in a valley that looks like a lockdown, we don't know what's coming next. These pools are created as we participate with God in him. These pools that will bring life not just to our own lives, but to the people around us. That we will go from strength to strength, no matter the circumstances. And so I encourage you to participate in Sundays in that way. Seek God, pay attention to where he's leading you, and place yourself there. It's been so good to share that with you. Sue is up next, and she's going to take some time to look at what it looks like to do faith in family at the moment, and what it's like to share the gospel so I'm going to hand it over to her. Hi, I'm Sue Allison, the Generations Pastor at Red Church. And today I want to ask the question, how do we be the best church online? Church has changed as you sit there with a coffee in your hand. This is a good moment in time for us to think about what our church practices have been like in the past, but to dream about who it is that we might become in the future. I was talking to a friend just recently and we were sharing our experiences, which was pretty much the same. My family were like pillars of the church where I grew up. It was like every time the church doors were open, we were there. But Jesus was rarely talked about in our home. We would say grace before a meal. And when I was younger, I remember reading a Bible story or praying just before I went to bed. But that was it. 
Conversations about Jesus didn't happen at any other time. I was talking to one of our young adults and she said, I grew up in the church and I thought I knew what I believed, but a new person moved into my house and I wanted to talk about my faith with them, but I found I really struggled. I just, I didn't seem to have the words to be able to explain it. And when I couldn't talk about it, I even questioned if I really knew what I believed. Most of us have grown up learning off by heart the verse John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This verse is actually central to our faith. But I don't know about you, but have we worked out how to integrate talking about this to perhaps for me, the people that I play tennis with, or even just in our families? How do we have a faith conversation about Jesus in our everyday life? One of the opportunities that has emerged while we're in lockdown is for parents and kids to engage in Kids Online together. It's actually not designed for the kids to do while you have a sleep in. It's designed to be a conversation starter in your household. It's designed to be a launch pad for a conversation about Jesus. And I've been super encouraged hearing some of the stories about how kids are pressing into God and how parents are getting to share that time with them. But maybe your kid is one of the betweens that is really a bit too old and cool to engage in kids online, but really struggles still to engage with the adult uh, sermons. So I want to encourage you, just do something different. Take a chill, take a break. There are some fabulous resource that is online. Not sure if you've heard of the story, The Chosen. It's a representation of the life of Jesus and it's captivating. The Bible Project also produced some great resource out there. So when you've watched it, take some time to talk about it. Don't just turn it off and go and do your own thing. Ask some questions. What did you notice in the film? How is that going to impact your life? There's also some fabulous video content out there of worship songs. So take some time as a family and worship together and pray for each other and encourage the members of your family, adults as well and kids as well, to pray out loud. Because when you hear your voice speaking out your faith, it actually builds your faith. One of the books that I've been reading lately is this one by Jeff Vanstel called gospel fluency. And this has been challenging me. How do I bring Jesus into my everyday conversations? Because it's not something that's supernatural for me. For some people it is, but for me it's not. So if you're like me, we have to practice it. We're a household of seven at the moment. My daughter has um, her husband and the three kids are living with us. And the seven-year-old and I were having a conversation the other day and she told me this whopper lie, like it was a blatant out there lie. But I had this incredible opportunity and I said to her, do you know why it's important that we're a truth-telling family? She said, no. And I said, it is so important that we're a truth-telling family because we've got this incredible truth to tell people about Jesus and who he is and what he has done. And if we don't tell the truth in just everyday situations, how will they ever believe us when we have this important truth to tell? I wasn't just so concerned with her behaviour. I was more concerned with her belief that she understood that we are a truth-telling family because of Jesus. Parents, I know that uh, in this 
culture, in this environment, in this world in which we live, that you also are really concerned about how you raise your kids to be passionate believers and followers of Jesus. This world is not one that values truth. And so we stand apart from it when we have this foundational truth that we believe. So how do we encourage our kids to stand strong in this season? Well, one of the simplest ways that you can do that is by encouraging conversations about Jesus. Have them talk about who Jesus is. Have them hear you speak about who Jesus is. And this is something that as a whole community we can be engaged in. If you're a grandparent, you have an important part to play in speaking Jesus, in talking faith into their life as well. If you're an aunt, you're an uncle, you might be single, but you might be an aunt, your uncle, you too have a part to play because this is going to take a whole community that has a normal practice, these faith-filled conversations in order for us to really influence the next generation. One of the things that I think about most at the end of the day is all the opportunities that I've missed during the day to talk about Jesus. But, you know, that's okay because I'm just practising. And when I miss that opportunity, I just have a little replay in my mind and I work out what could I have said at that moment so that the next time it happens, I'm more prepared. In Luke, in the Message Bible, in Chapter 6, Jesus has some important things to say and he says here, these words that I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, home improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. And then he goes on a bit further and he says, but if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a dumb carpenter who built his house but skipped the foundation. Of course, we need to live out these words, but we also need to learn how to speak them out. His words are important, just not so that we can talk about them, but his words actually have power. Jeff van der Stel, in his book, he says, we now have the presence and power in us that spoke the world into existence, that flooded the earth, that parted the Red Sea and empowered Jesus to preach, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to cast out demons. When we speak out the gospel, we actually release the kingdom of heaven to earth. Our words have power to change circumstance. So as we be the church online, we still take time to gather around God's word, to worship God, and to allow that to really renew and restore us. But we have an opportunity for so much more. As we have this opportunity of being contained in our households, it is a safe place for us to start to practice speaking about Jesus. You might be fluent in it and you can lead us by example, but for some of us, we need to work at this. We need to practice so that we become better able to share our story and to build our faith. We want his story to be central to our story.